You're listening to the Informal Bible Study, a casual and applicational look at the Scriptures. I'm John Stonge, and it's great to have you with us today. In just a few moments, we're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to be talking about this idea of gratefully accepting whatever God grants us. But before we do, I wanted to tell you about something new that's available at pastor.us, which is our website. Just a few days ago, I released the fourth edition of the Desire Jesus devotional series. It's available at amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle editions. But if you'd rather not pay for it, if you like free things, you're welcome to download a free copy from our website. Our website, if you've never visited it yet, is pastor.us, and you can download a free digital copy of Desire Jesus, Volume 4. It's a 30-day devotional. We've been releasing one of these each month, and we hope that it's something that you'll thoroughly enjoy if you have the opportunity to utilize it. Now, as I mentioned just a moment ago, uh, we are today looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're talking about this idea of gratefully accepting what God grants us. And I have to tell you, as I'm recording this, it's a Saturday afternoon here in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. It's a beautiful spring day. The sun is shining. I can hear birds outside my window chirping. You might hear them as well if my mic picks them up and if they get <laughs> close enough to the window here. And I just had to take a a quick drive to the store, so I invited one of my kids to join me, and my son Daniel decided that he'd come and and join me on the trip. And so we were driving around, we were listening to good music in the car on the way to the store and on the way uh, back home, and we extended our drive a little bit because it's just so pleasant out. And we happened to drive by one of our favorite ice cream places, and I looked at him and I said, "Um, you know what? I think we need to stop there. And so we stopped and we got some ice cream and just continued our drive and enjoyed some conversation. And it was one of those moments that is easy to appreciate right there in the moment as we were enjoying a nice breeze coming through the car windows, listening to good music, enjoying our ice cream, enjoying each other's company and conversation. It's very easy to be content in a moment like that. And I have to say, even as I'm recording here, and that's all fresh on my mind, I very much have that feeling of contentment. But that's an easy kind of context to be content with. It's easy to accept that when the Lord says, hey, this is how your Saturday afternoon is going to be spent. But it's much more challenging to accept the things that the Lord allows us to experience that might not fit with the perfect Saturday afternoon kind of context. And that's a concept that's discussed in the portion of Scripture that we're looking at today. We're talking about this idea of gratefully accepting what God grants me. And if you would, take your Bibles and open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be looking at the first 10 verses of that chapter. And this is what it says in that portion of Scripture. Paul states, I must go on boasting. Though there is nothing to be gained by it, I will go on divisions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, 
I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the privilege of being able to look at this portion of Scripture today. And Lord, we pray that we would understand what you've revealed here. We pray that we would be open to receiving it. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. And we're grateful, Lord, for your presence with us now as we take a look at this portion of Scripture. We love you, Lord, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we've been going through the book of 2 Corinthians, we could see that the Apostle Paul was highly concerned for the spiritual maturity of the church at Corinth. They were wrestling with all sorts of things. They were struggling in various areas, and they were also being led astray by people who were very boastful, people who were deceitful, people who were trying to infiltrate the church so that they could utilize them for their own personal gain. And so Paul confronts that in this portion of Scripture, and he confronted it in the chapters preceding this as well. He was trying to help the Corinthians to understand what it looks like to model the heart of Christ and to not be a boastful braggart that's just full of yourself like the people who were trying to deceive them. And we also see throughout the course of this book, and this has been one of the major themes that the Apostle Paul's been emphasizing, but we see it here in this passage as well, we've been shown that Christ's strength is sufficient for us in the midst of our human weaknesses. And we definitely see that referenced in this portion of Scripture. And there's a variety of other things that the Apostle Paul emphasizes, and so I want to take a look at some of those things during our time together today. But one of the things that we see in the opening verses of this chapter is the idea that God will show you great things. Look again at the first few verses. Paul says, I must go on boasting, though there is nothing to be gained by it. I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. And then he says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. I was watching a uh, police show. It was a police drama with my family uh, just a few nights ago. And during the episode that we were watching, a 1968 Ford Mustang that had been used in a famous movie had been stolen. And the premise of the episode was that that Ford Mustang, that classic car, was being tracked down. And it was kind of funny to watch because the main characters in that show were all enamored with this vehicle. And at the end of the show, when they found it, they were in awe of it. 
they stared at it. They couldn't believe what they were seeing, and they all uh, stood around the thing together as a group and had their picture taken with it. Now, have you ever seen something that you were completely stunned by, something that left you speechless? The Lord showed some amazing things to the Apostle Paul, and the truth is that he's got some amazing things in store for us as well. At some point, we're going to see things that we have often wondered about. And for those who trust in Christ, we will see things like relatives that we knew on earth, people who were sickly and unwell. We'll see them again, but they'll be healthy and they'll be energetic in heaven. We'll see creation restored. We'll see the curse of sin lifted. And above all, we will see God face to face, and we will live. Now, sometimes God has given certain people glimpses of these things ahead of time. We call these revelations. And the false teachers in Corinth were certainly claiming to have had them, although it's more likely that they did not. In fact, they were boasting of having received divine revelations as if they were special for having received them. And this, by the way, is the type of thing that that false teachers in all generations often boast about, because it can't be easily challenged. But Paul was actually granted visions and revelations by God. And in fact, 14 years prior to writing this passage, Paul states that he was caught up to the third heaven. Now, people debate what he meant by that, but it's not overly complicated to figure out. During his era, people called the Earth's atmosphere the first heaven, and they called the universe, filled with stars and planets and galaxies, the second heaven. And the terms third heaven or paradise were references to the place where God himself lives. And that's what Paul's referencing in this portion of Scripture. It's also the place that the Apostle Peter referenced in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21, where he says, "...through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him." That's the heaven that Paul was referring to in 2 Corinthians 12. Now, it's believed by many that Paul may have had this experience when he was thought to be dead when people stoned him outside the city of Lystra. In fact, in Acts chapter 14, verses 19 and 20, it tells us about that uh, occurrence, and it says this, But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up, and entered the city, and on the next day he went on with Barnabas to Derby. But even through great pain and trials, the Lord used this kind of experience to motivate and encourage Paul, and to likewise remind him of the glorious things he had in store for him once his service was complete, things so wonderful that Paul couldn't yet share them. By the way, the Lord is also using this revelation given to Paul as a glimpse into the future for us as well. When we make the mistake of walking by sight and keeping our heads buried in our current circumstances, it can be easy to feel overwhelmed and to start feeling like what we're experiencing is all there is and all there ever will be. But God has great things in store for all who have experienced redemption through faith in Jesus Christ. God will show you great things. 
Paul also makes a point to emphasize in this passage that God is more than willing to invest in your humility. Look again at what it says in verses 5 down to verse 7. It says, On behalf of this man I will boast, but on my own behalf I will not boast except of my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain from it so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Now, I just referenced something that my family watched on TV, but I've noticed something about myself during the past few years. I've lost most interest in watching TV. I watch some things, but I'm usually happier when the TV is off than when it's on. And instead, I've come to enjoy reading or listening to the teaching of others, sometimes through podcasts and sometimes through other means. I feel better about making investments in myself. I like to turn off my brain sometimes, but life is too short to leave it in the off position too long. And God is highly interested in making investments in us as well. As followers of Christ, the Holy Spirit is fostering Christ-likeness in our lives. He's developing our maturity. He's strengthening our faith. And he's investing in our humility to help prevent our hearts from growing hard or our heads from puffing up with conceit. And from the time that Paul came to know Jesus, He had quite an interesting life. He was the Lord's chosen messenger to bring the gospel to many people. And the Lord showed him miraculous things and did a few miracles through him and taught him directly so that he could pass along that teaching to the young church of that era. And to keep Paul from becoming too impressed with himself, he was given a thorn in the flesh. And we don't know exactly what this thorn was, and that's probably intentional so that we could see an application here in a broader sense. But Paul's thorn could have been a physical problem. Uh, it could have been people who made life difficult for Paul, people who challenged Paul's ministry. Or maybe it could have been some area of temptation that Paul was wrestling with. But whatever it was, it caused Paul frustration, and it had the ability to keep him from doing what he wanted to do without interruption. And the Lord permitted this thorn to come into Paul's life to keep him from becoming arrogant. Human nature is such that when the Lord does so many major and miraculous things through a person, it would be easy to begin to think too much of yourself. And this thorn helped Paul remember his need to remain dependent on Christ, not on himself. What has the Lord given you or me to keep us humble? How is he reminding us to remain reliant on Christ? How is he showing us that Christ's strength is shown to be perfect in the midst of our human weaknesses? The truth is, we don't have to be strong for Christ to work through us. He delights to do his miraculous work through people with weaknesses, like us. I like what it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, starting with verse 5. It says this, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 
Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. I love that portion of Scripture. And God is happy to invest in our humility and to do more through our lives than we might have ever assumed was possible. And that was something that the Apostle Paul was learning and experiencing and something that he was testifying to here in this portion of Scripture from 2 Corinthians. Now again, something else that he brings up in this portion of Scripture that I want us to notice today is that God's grace and power is sufficient for you. Look again at verses 8 to 10. He says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. How often do you pray? When you come before the Lord, I'm assuming that a major portion of your prayers includes requests that you're making of Him. But how quickly do you expect Him to answer? And when He answers, what do you expect Him to say? And what do you do when He doesn't answer you the way you hoped? How do you act when his answer is revealed to you immediately? All good questions, I think, to to wrestle with. But when you look at the Apostle Paul's life, Paul was a man of prayer. And he prayed repeatedly in this particular context for the Lord to remove the thorn in his flesh because he believed it was holding him back from doing the work of ministry he was called to do. And the Lord answered him. But the Lord's answer was, no. Specifically, the Lord told Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. The work the Lord was seeking to do through Paul wasn't about Paul's natural exertion. It was about the grace of Christ empowering Paul to accomplish what he could never accomplish on his own anyway. And since this work didn't depend on Paul's abilities, the Lord was more than able to do his work in and through Paul, in spite of this irritating thorn. And eventually, Paul came to accept this. He accepted that Christ had his purposes for what Paul was experiencing. He accepted that his mission never came down to his personal strengths anyway. Now, what do you suppose Christ wants you or me to make peace with and come to accept? Is there something we've been fighting him about? Is there an aspect of our circumstances that we're frustrated with and desperately trying to change that maybe he doesn't want changed just yet? Is there something we want him to give us or do for us that he would rather us not have or experience just yet? Can we be content with having the power and presence of Christ in our lives just the same? Earlier this week, I read something about a man named Nicholas Ridley. In 1555, Nicholas Ridley was burned at the stake because of his witness for Christ. And on the night before Ridley's execution, his brother offered to remain with him in the prison chamber to be of assistance and comfort for Nicholas. And Nicholas declined the offer and replied that he meant to go to bed and sleep as quietly 
as ever he did in his life, because he knew the peace of God, and he could rest in the strength of the everlasting arms of his Lord to meet his need. And the truth is, so can we. We may not have everything we'd prefer to have in this world, but that's okay. The grace and power of God that we receive through faith in Jesus is sufficient for us. We can fight God about what we don't like all we want, but that doesn't amount to much. Or we can gratefully accept whatever he grants us, knowing full well that he always has our best interests at heart. Gratefully accepting what God grants us. That's what Paul illustrated in this portion of Scripture, and that's something that the Lord uses his word to remind us of today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the privilege of being able to look at it together today and to think through the things that are referenced here and the kind of experiences that you gave to the Apostle Paul that illustrate to us what it looks like to find contentment in you what it looks like to just simply accept who you are and how you've chosen to work in this portion of our lives, and that we can rest in the fact that we have your presence, that we have your blessings, that you are sufficient for us. The truth is, Lord, since we have you, we have everything that we truly need. And so, Lord, we pray that we would gratefully accept what you grant to us. Lord, if during a particular season of our lives you desire that we experience things that stretch our faith, Lord, we pray that we would give you glory in the midst of that stretching. We pray, Lord, that we would welcome seasons where you foster our growth, and that we wouldn't look for constant comfort this side of heaven, but that we would rest in the ultimate comfort that we have through you. Lord, we're grateful for your love, we're grateful for your presence with us, and we're grateful, Lord, for the privilege to be able to meditate on what you've revealed in your word and to grow from it as we walk with you. We commit this day to your care, Lord, and we thank you for your love that you show to us in your Son, Jesus Christ. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Informal Bible Study. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we have a free devotional for you at pastor.us if you're interested in downloading it. It's our newest 30-day devotional, Desire Jesus, Volume 4. And like I said, we're trying to release one of these each month. If you missed out on Volume 3, we apologize. It is available on Amazon.com, but we can no longer give it away free because now it's locked into their their ecosystem over there. But uh, Volume 4 is available for free on our website, and we'd be happy to share it with you. Uh, We love being able to pass that along to listeners, and we're grateful for the feedback that some of you have been able to give to us regarding uh, your ability to use it as a daily devotional tool as you walk with Christ. So head over to pastor.us, download a copy. It'll be up there for a little bit, and then eventually we'll have to take it down. But while it's there, we're grateful to be able to share it with you. And that's it for us today. We hope you have a wonderful day, and we look forward to catching up with you again next week. Talk to you then.
Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. We hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community. Uh, We hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.